0: Welcome to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast. I'm Paul Kingsbury. He is Brandon Hill. And on the phone, we have our own Alec Pope over in eastern Idaho. Alec, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, Alec is our, our resident expert on the RPI. In years past, of course, it was Matt, uh, the Bulldog Harris. Uh, Matt's now at Ryrie, and he's a Bulldog. Kind of weird how that worked out. And so, Alec... <laughs> Alec's kind of the, the know-everything guy over in eastern Idaho, and we're going to start having him on the prep cast more and more. Um, you, you're going to start seeing some more things being written by him um, as he gets more time between college and work and life. Um, so, Alec, we're really happy to have you on the prep cast today uh, to talk about the RPI. Now, the RPI kind of uh, re- reared its head a couple of years ago. Um, they did a test run. They're, they're continuing to do some test runs, make some tweaks. And, and we just want to kind of get your thoughts on the RPI, kind of explain it to the, to the folks out there, what it is, um, how it's been doing, and maybe where you think it's going.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so the RPI, like like you mentioned, uh, there's always I mean there's always a struggle uh, every year in basically all classifications. There's always at least one or two teams, or at least some fans of some teams that feel like, you know, our team is like in a bad position. We deserve a better position. They get a, a tough first round matchup or something. And there's no perfect way to, to create a bracket, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in an effort to try to equalize the playing field a little bit and minimize uh, the times that you have your two best teams playing before the state championship, uh, they've come up with this, this system. I mean, we didn't invent it here in Idaho, but it's been implemented here in Idaho. And it's been changed a little bit, RPI system. And what it is, is it's basically a rank it's a ranking power index that's what it is and it's a ranking system that is all formula so there's no eye test there's nobody voting on it it's all just numbers and so the numbers that matter uh, it's pretty simple it's just your it's a modified winning uh index modified winning percentage excuse me so you just take your strength of schedule and then you times that by your record so if you have an amazing strength of schedule and you do really bad then it doesn't matter, you still are really low in the RPI, and vice versa. Now, Alec... You take that into account, then you take into account also your opponent's winning percentage and your opponent's opponent's winning percentage, and those things are broken down, uh, not quite evenly, uh, you take 30% of your own winning percentage, 40% of your opponent's winning percentage, and 30% of your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. So there's kind of a lot that goes into it, but the important thing to understand is that it is all just numbers. You just take into account your winning, your record, and your strength of schedule. And so far, I think it's going well.
0: Now, Alec, I, I've seen most of the terminators, and when the machines take over, it usually doesn't end well. And in this case, you know, we're <laughs> we're, we're kind of looking at like you said, it's just cold hard numbers. Uh, doing the work, and that's how our tournaments are seeded. Now, it's also based on, like you said, opponents' opponents, where in, in the state of Idaho up north, in eastern Idaho where you're at, a lot of those teams play teams uh, from other states. How, do, how does that factor in?
1: Okay, so uh, it gets a little bit harder. You're right. What we do is uh, what's used is the max prep, uh, the entire index max prep. They have scores and schedules from everybody across the country. Do and so that's how they're able to take into account uh, the winning percentage of a different team. So, for example, like Blackfoot over here in Eastern Idaho and Sugar uh, Salem, they both played uh, a very, a very good uh, Star Valley uh, mm-hmm. team, and so that helps their RPI despite the fact that they lost. It increases their uh, their strength of schedule because Max Preps takes into account the fact that okay, Star Valley is ten and zero, so it, it helps even if you do lose to play against better teams.
0: Okay, so your opinion, Alec, is that is that going down to math? It it all comes down to math. Where um, you know, even if you've got you know Sugar Salem, for example, number one, one, you know, they're incoming state champions, the target on their back. They ended the season at number three in the RPI with Snake River ahead of them.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's an interesting case study on it. Like you said, um, it's all numbers, and so I like that. I'm a a number guy, and I I like to be just very logistical about things and, and and you're right they come in they're third they're just barely behind in the they break down to 0.661 is homedale 0.632 is snake and 0.629 is just three thousand behind snake river is sugar salem i think that has to do with i mean Sugar. they play a tough schedule uh they do of course they play uh they only played seven games this year that knocks them down a little bit on the strength of schedule they lost one game uh snake river i think they lost I believe they lost two, uh, and you know what? We can kind of debate whether or not you can debate whether or not you like want to go with RPI, but you can't really debate the numbers themselves because they they speak for themselves, and you can't say it's biased or anything like that. Because it's just cold, cold hard facts. And generally speaking, like it was implemented last year in two A, uh, there was RPI, and then it was it's being used for the first year this year in three A. And I think it went amazingly in 2A last year. A perfect. There was four coming into the state semifinals. There were four undefeated teams and they matched up. They were got the one, two, three, four seeds in the playoffs and they all won and they all went to the state semis. And so you have the four undefeated teams left, all made it to the state semis. And that and they were clearly the four best teams. And I think that's everyone saw like, okay, this RPI really does work. They got the four best teams into the four spots and then they battle it out from there.
0: Right, And this week, of course, are the quarterfinals. And so the winners of this week go into those semifinals, those four spots that you just mentioned. And, and so far we've got, you know, Homedale playing Fruitland. We've got Timberlake-Weezer, Snake River-Teton, and Sugar versus Gooding. So if, uh, and, and Brandon and I are going to talk about um, these games individually uh, later on in the show, but if, if things go to form on paper, you're right. We could have, you know, four of the best teams in the state of Idaho playing in the semis.
1: Yeah, of course. And you know what? The, the whole thing is is that uh, in 2A and 3A, what you do, I mean, it's interesting how they have the first round. Uh, it's totally detached. Well, in 2A, it's totally detached. Mm-hmm. They all play a play-in game. Everybody does. And then whoever's left, they take the top, the highest eight RPIs, and they rank them on one through eight, and they set up the bracket. Uh, 3A is a little different. They use some play-in games that get into specific. Uh, and then th- those three, or um, they are able to qualify in, and then they rank everybody RPI. But really, the RPI is just to set up the bracket because, I mean, the fun of any great tournament and the f- part of the fun of any good sports season, the ending is unpredictable because of the tournament style. Uh, right. I think it's, even, it's easier to see in basketball because it happens quicker. Uh, but anybody can beat anybody. So the idea is you set it up as evenly as you possibly can, and then you say, hey, whatever happens on the field, Happens and the best team wins, and and that's what you want. You want the uh, the best opportunity for the best teams to play each other. But then, it gets, you get out there on the field and you have to play between the lines.
0: So let's uh, predict the future here, Alec. If you know you mentioned two A was great last year, three A is working great this year. Do you see this being adopted by the five A's, the four A's?
1: Well, that that is tough. Um, uh, I would say I don't. I predict that I would say I don't see it happening. Uh, I would say that because, well, 3A, a little bit smaller uh, amount of teams right now, so I think that the RPI works a little bit better when it, you don't have as many, and you don't have as much competition between conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Although saying, like in 5A, the SIC, a lot of these teams, they don't get a play out of the conference very much. All of them, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that, uh, I would say I don't see it happening, uh, mainly because I, th- I think that the the fi- I, mainly 5A, mainly 4A schools, I don't see athletic directors and coaches saying that, you know what, uh, even though I think they would recognize that it's been effective at the 2A and 3A level, I could be wrong, they could adopt it, but I would say that mm, I don't hear a lot of outcry for, um, as much on the 5A and 4A level, uh, complaints about the way the bracket's set up. I I've heard it more recently on the 2A and 3A level
0: there's uh there's some rumors of some rumblings of some uh you know behind the the dumpster in the alley talks about the 1A Division 1 um, possibly redoing how they seed their state tournament um, and uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see especially next year being a classification year where there's so many changes sometimes some the classification years come and go and there's one or two ups and downs this year there's a lot across the board um, from 5A all the way down to 1A D2s with uh you know different teams co-ops happening trying to stay up, um, some petitioning to stay up, some petitioning to go down. Some were approved, some weren't. So this next year, things are going to get kind of get topsy-turvy, especially when it gets into state tournament time. And so that's, that's really kind of what, uh, what you're talking about with the math, where you, you, got, you, you have teams that maybe did great last year. Now they're in a different classification. Maybe they're a co-op. Well, there's no feeling involved. It's, if they're going to go out on, on the field, they're going to play. It's going to be based on their schedule how they schedule, and how they win the game, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it, it just like I said before, people will, will get mad at the plane and they'll have problems with whatever system you implement. That's just the right. way of life. But the thing is, you can like, you could debate whether or not you you agree with using the RPI system. I personally agree with it. I think it's been great for 2A and 3A, and I foresee it happening. They continue to happen. I also uh, would say that I, would be, I, I think we'll likely see it in the future on the 1A levels in both classifications in 1A, them adopting it. I, I hesitate to say that we'll see it uh, in the near future. and 5A, 4A levels, we could, uh, but I think I would see it being adopted in 1A before it moved up to the 5A and the 4A. I think people have generally been happy with it, and uh, I think, it, you know, like I said, it's all it's all about the numbers. So you, can, you can debate to we use RPI or not, but you can't debate where the numbers place people.
0: Well, Alec, Brilliant, as always. If you're happy about it, I'm happy about it. I'm sold.
1: Yeah, good to hear. Good to hear.
0: Again, this was Alec Pope explaining a little bit about the RPI, hopefully answered some questions. I know there's always questions about how the RPI works out there um, in Webland with the fans of high school football. Alec, we appreciate you taking the time out today, and uh, and we'll be very happy to have you on again in the near future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have you, and, and next time I'll have to – give my predictions and I have a little more time so I can, uh, yes. so you guys who can predict the future. Oh, he's
0: throwing down the smack down already. That's fantastic. Well, Alec, thank you very much. We're going to step away and take a quick break and come back with our rundown of the quarterfinal round of the 2019 Milk Bowl right after this.
2: This is something that's totally
0: in all of our control and that's what really motivated me to quit smoking.
1: I quit for myself but it was a good thing that I did because I had
0: too much to lose.
1: I'm glad that I quit and I don't ever want to be there again. It's just not worth it.
2: Each year, hundreds of Idahoans quit smoking. Get help or share your quit story.
0: Visit projectfilter.org. This is the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter. I'm Paul Kingsbury alongside Brandon Hill. I want to thank Alec Pope again for coming on and taking a little bit of time out of his day and to to uh, discuss the RPI the ins and outs the pros the cons and uh, possibly the future of the RPI in the state of Idaho it'll be interesting to kind of follow that along over the uh, the next couple of weekends into the state finals he was uh, he was pretty happy about how it turned out last year and this year
2: yeah it's interesting to see the the dissent among fans and and people in the IHSAA about you know who plays who, who's stronger than who, who's right. better than who. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of all subjective, and maybe computers are a best shot at determining that. I don't know. Right. And, and, you know, I remember back in the day, the problem was always it was a
0: preceded bracket. And so way in advance, you knew that the number two team out of District 4 was going to be here, and you mm-hmm. knew they were going to be playing the number three team out of District 2 or whatever. Yeah. And so year to year, you know, the teams coming in could be, a lot different as as far as strength uh, of the team, and so you get in those semifinal rounds, and quite often you got your championship game in the semifinals. Didn't happen every year, yeah. but when it did, that's when people really started, you know, the pitches or the the torches and the pitchforks, yeah. saying we need to change. And now they make the change. They say, okay, let let's look at doing something different. And then you see other people saying, let's go back the way it was. And yeah. so. You know, Alex, absolutely right. You can't make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're working on progress and
2: to make things better, which I I think is exactly what is going on, you you can't argue with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely a a way to kind of bring the whole state together into one umbrella system and make it fair for everybody. So I I commend the effort. Well, let's talk about
0: this week's games. We have uh, 24 games in the quarterfinals. Winners move on to the semis the week after. And then the championships, November 22nd, 23rd, depending on when they're scheduled. So four games in each classification. We're just going to do a quick rundown. And then at the end of each, each little rundown, you and I will give our prediction okay. on who wins. I, I don't want to give a score because I always suck at that. Yeah, forget that. So we'll do disc- <laughs> disc- and, and, and we have not gone over this ahead of time, correct? Correct. Correct. We do not know each other's answers. Nope. All right. Good. Let's start with 5A. Top of the bracket. Okay. Coming in, they had a bye. Coeur d'Alene, the Vikings. They're hosting Mountain View. This is this is a pretty premier matchup, you mm-hmm. might call it. Um, you know, Mountain View head coach Judd Benedict collected his hundredth win this season. Um, Sean Amos, twenty-third season. These guys have been in their programs a long time, and they've been winning for a long time. Coeur d'Alene coming in seven and two, the number two team in the state. Mountain View, the number four team in the state, coming in eight and two. It's uh, it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be outside. It's going to be potentially cold because <laughs> hey, it's Coeur d'Alene. Exactly. You know. They lost a lot of all-state returners, Coeur did, but returned IAL Newcomer of the Year, wide receiver Colby Nosworthy. And this kid is a stud. Junior quarterback Jack Perka as well, dual threat. Um, you know He's leading them. Average of 35 points a game. And 35 points a game in the 5A classification is a pretty good uh, announcement of how your offense is. The defense, it's allowed opponents an average of about 21 points a game. So the defense, yeah, not quite as stout as maybe they should be. Mountain View averaging right at 40 points a game. So this game is going to come down to uh, the Coeur defense needing to step up and stop a Mountain View defense that, that I've had a chance to see a couple of times this mm-hmm. year. Uh, junior quarterback Jake Ferris doing awesome. K.J. Lynch, wide receiver, returning first team, um, all-state free safety. Uh, Caden Chan, you know, we can talk about Bronx, Barris, Keaton Horn on defense, Caden Thomas, Jason Wells. Mountain View stacked on both sides. Yeah. Coeur d'Alene has very good pieces. And so heading up to Coeur there's always the uh, – the long bus ride, yeah. you can talk about how much that affects the team. I've never really seen it. You know, they, they talk about it. I haven't really seen it happen. I mean, back in, like, well, I I almost said our day. <laughs> back in my day, we, we rode the yellow school bus. Yeah. You know, whichever bus wasn't hauling kids home is the bus we took oh, no matter where you had to go. None of this chartered stuff with the bathroom in the back and the huge <laughs> cushions and TV. No, that's not what happened. And so these days, I just don't buy into the, uh, you know, oh, it's a long bus ride. Yeah. Uh, excuse. So
2: going into it, I'm going to say Mountain View over Coeur lane. You know, I I want to agree with you, but if we're comparing apples to apples, quarterback to quarterback, I think Jake Parker has been a more consistent player, whereas you look at Jake Ferris, a little bit of trouble with turnovers down the stretch, mm-hmm. some some poor throws, some bad interceptions. I do think that Mountain View's offense and defense as a whole is more talented but I think in a late game like this, if you have that one guy that can just light up the field, it's going to be Jake Parker, and I, I'm going to pick Hortelain for this one. All right. Well, there you have it.
0: Uh, we're 1-1 one one <laughs> at this point. Game 2 on the bracket. And this is, this is one that a lot of people are looking oh, at. Oh, yeah. Uh, mainly it's name recognition. You've got Highland coming in at 7-3, and three, Bora 7-2, two, two of the oldest storied programs in the state of Idaho. According to a, a friend of the program, the sports editor of the Idaho State Journal, Madison Guernsey, this will be the 46th time... These teams have played going clear back to the 1960s. Wow. Believe it or not, that was before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> and an all-time record of 23 and 22 head-to-head, Bora is one of the two Idaho teams with more wins than losses against Highland. Wow. Highland tends to win. Yes. Uh, year in, year out. Now, I didn't check the math on this, uh, but why, probably the first time since Alec has been out of Huggies. Highland is coming into the playoffs unranked <laughs> either, yes. uh, and it's been a long time since that's happened. Now, according to stats compiled by another good friend of the program, Mike Licklum at the Idaho Statesman, mm-hmm. quarterback Austin Bolt—you may have heard of him—oh yeah—who uh, was follow me here was a first-team All-State wide receiver last year. Okay. Led the entire 5A classification in rushing. Gotcha. With three, 1,338 passing yards and twenty-six touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> Those <laughs> so, are some numbers. You, you could say he's done it all. Yes. Um, he's got some tackles in there as well. Yeah. Um, he actually sells popcorn at halftime. Oh, my a little known facts,
2: I heard he also conducts the marching band. <laughs> little known <laughs> facts
0: only here at out sports so so going into it, you know highland is is down for yeah. for Highland this year. Bora they're peaking you know the, the, no one really gave Bora much of a shot at the beginning of the year, mm. and you know they've just been more amazing and more amazing as time goes on. So I'm saying Bora over highland and i, I I'm not sure I would
2: have ever dreamed of picking that, but Bora over Highland this year, yeah, I think you know. I don't want to keep going back to those two losses they had back-to-back to, back to end the season. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Highland, you know, it's, it's got some ghosts in his closet, some skeletons that it had to deal with. You know, it beat Madison last week, which is great. Yeah. But when you look at Bora and you look at what Austin Bolt's done, I think he came into the Mountain View game in the other, earlier in the season with more rushing yards than the whole Mountain View team. Yeah. It's insane. And so kind of the same reasoning I have with, with Coeur d'Alene Mountain View. If you have that one guy in these late-season games that can just do it all, yeah, it's got to be Bora. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really close game. Yeah. I think it might surprise people. It might be a grittier, low-scoring matchup than, than some people might expect. But, yeah, I'm going to take Bora, too. You know, Gino Mariani, the head coach of Highland, the guy knows how to
0: coach. Yeah. And coach well. And so, you know, going into it, the obvious thing is, great, let's stop Austin. Let let mm-hmm. the rest of the team beat us. Well, the rest of the team is pretty talented as well. Exactly. And beating Austin Bolt isn't just a, a checkbox to go, okay, we'll just we'll just stop Austin mm-hmm. Bolt. It's not that easy, yeah. and so I'm sure that's, that's the game plan. Uh, I'm not in the head of – I'm not in the locker room there, but it, you're right. It's going to be uh, gritty. It's going to be close, but I, in the end, I think we both agreed Bora over Highland. Yep. All right. All right, here we go. The next one, the third out of four 5A games, Rocky Mountain-Timberline. Now, this one, you know, Rocky Mountain, number one all season long, mm-hmm. uh, 9-0, Timberline 6-4. and They won their first playoff game in school history. Last week they beat Post Falls nineteen and seven. They were zero and nine last year. So coming back from zero and nine to six and four, you know that's called an upward trend. Yes, (laughs) in most places. And so you know looking at it, they're doing well. Now Mm -hmm. unfortunately, their reward for winning their first playoff game was playing (laughs) the number one team. Number one (laughs) (laughs) team. You know Rocky Mountain comes in averaging about forty points a game, holding opponents to eleven. Yeah. So they've got a good offense. They've got a good defense. It's a thirty point differential. Uh, Timberline averages about twenty five, but they allow twenty two. That's a three point differential i think that's where rocky mountain's really going to step up and their defense is just going to be too much for them friday night
2: yeah you know you always love a cinderella cinderella story the underdog but i, I think that story stops here rocky mountain just too good i mean undefeated since what 2017 it's a long time yeah, yeah it's and that that streak's not going to come to an end against timberline just not going to happen
0: not going to happen but it could come against the winner of this next matchup yes. eagle and rigby at the bottom of the bracket but it's definitely not the bottom of the, uh, the talent pool of games. Eagle coming in 7-3 and three against number five, Rigby, 7-1. and one. Now, these teams, again, w- didn't get a lot of respect. And mm-hmm. 5A, when you say not a lot of respect, it was because a team is in the top five. Well, when you've got a top eight in a classification and, and we only vote for the top five, there's going to be some teams that feel slighted even though you could uh, you know, move one in and out mm-hmm. week, week to week. So last week, Eagle, they ended capital season. And sophomore quarterback, Mason McHugh, six touchdowns, ran for one, threw for 380 yards, His six touchdowns, tied an eight-year-old record, held by one Tanner Mangum. Oh, I've heard that name. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Ben Ford, he tore his ACL doing a a Mm -hmm. rugby-style kick. A couple of weeks ago, they threw Mason McHugh in, and they they ran and ran and ran, did a great job running. Well, the next week, Capitol says, okay, we're going to stop that run. They've got a new quarterback. Well, the new quarterback said, hey, Look nice at me. Yeah. Look <laughs> at me. You know, they have receivers, make sure Morgan, Churchill. Tough run game, and now they have that explosive passing game as well. Eagle's going to be tough to beat in,
2: in this game. Yeah. Um, I I agree with you. I think that... I didn't give my prediction yet. Oh, I just sorry, said they're going to be tough. I know. Go, okay, ahead. go ahead. Keep going. No, I was going to say, um, I think you look at Eagle, um, they're one of those teams that I think might be trending downward. I don't know. I just... They they had they had that loss uh, against Timberline earlier in the season, and I think that kind of maybe halted some of their momentum. Yeah. Um, heading into the postseason, and I think Rigby is kind of on the flip side of that. You see where they started in the coaches poll and the media poll at the beginning of the season, and right. they kind of only went up from there. And so I just I, I hesitate to pick teams that have gone down against teams that are on the rise. You know, you know Rigby they finished
0: fifth in the media poll. Mm-hmm. That has to say something. Averaged about thirty six points a game allowed fourteen lost the season opener at Coeur d'Alene in a close one yeah 3126 they ran the table ever since um, they crushed Highland last week of the regular season 32-13. so Rigby is is a team that I think uh is poised to move on mm-hmm. Eagle awesome you know I think that uh the future looks very very bright in Mustang country yes um will it will it continue after this week I don't think so I, I say Rigby over Eagle
2: I agree I think yeah Rigby is one of those teams you know, you look at signature wins over the season that can kind of change the whole landscape of how your year goes. I think that Highland win was one of those for Rigby. Yeah. And yeah, I don't see him losing this game.
0: Well, let's move on to the 4A's. The 4A's are a classification that are interesting to me. I, I live in CUNA. Yes. Um, my kids have all gone to school here in CUNA. We've been here a while. And uh, and it was interesting. This was the first time I've been voting in the media poll for, <laughs> I don't know, 15, 18 years, somewhere in there. It's been a long time. Yeah. I have never voted CUNA. Number one, I can't remember voting them ever, <laughs> uh, but you know, voting them number one this year, and uh, and so we'll get to their game against Valley View. But first, we're gonna go top to bottom of the bracket. Like five, a Middleton and Jerome. Middleton head coach Bill Brock, Jerome Sid Gamble's in his seventh season. They won titles back in '85 and '86 when our own Scott Burton played oh, yeah. f- played for the Tigers. So the fighting Burtons way back then. Now they returned <laughs> a lot of experience, and it's really helped them out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, lineman Isaac Peters, do everything athlete Garrett Ellison, quarterback. Dalen Thompson, but Middleton also returned a lot of studs. All-State, University of Washington, Husky commit, lineman, guard, Memolar, for example. Yeah. Wide receivers, Cash Cowdery, Jace Rogers, quarterback Dallas Hagler on offense, an All-State linebacker, um, Jake Badia, Nick Mips, Jerry Kaiser, Rick Mayhew. There's all these names that you throw mm. out for Middleton, and for Jerome, they have great players. They have great core group. Middleton has a lot. They have one common opponent, which I always like to look at okay. in these kind of matchups. Emmett. Jerome won twenty-one fourteen. Middleton won forty-six to six. So Oof. just going by that, yeah. <laughs> plus I've seen Middleton play a couple times this year. Um, I've got Middleton over Jerome.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at last week's game um, in Moscow between uh, Middleton and the Bears, and you look at that gritty, you know, thirteen to three game, and it was I think seven to three for most of it. I, I think if Middleton can Replicate that same kind of formula against Jerome, you know, and win this game in the trenches. You know, you got guard, you know, leading the way for the entire offense. Basically, right? Guy's just a bulldozer. Yeah, if they can, if they can win this game in the trenches, Middleton all the way. All right. Well, there you go. Next one up,
0: the one we talked about, CUNA and Valley View. Number one, CUNA, ten and zero, coming in against number three Valley View. So this one of those really, really cool quarterfinal games where two top five teams come in. Valley View, eight and two. Head coach Sherm Blazer for the Cavemen and Valley View's head coach Lane Coffin.
2: Now you played for Valley View. You're yes, a, I am a, a young Falcon. I didn't play long, but uh, I played one year and uh, an interesting an interesting experience for the Falcons, I must say. <laughs> for the Falcons, not you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, these two teams did play
0: October fourth. Cuna uh, won thirty four twenty eight, and it was one one of the, the the two games that was decided by six points for the Cavemen. Coach Blazer listed Sean Austin um, as an incoming impact player mm-hmm. in the preview. Uh, you know, how did that work out? Oh, I think it might have worked out pretty much perfectly. <laughs> worked out pretty well. Gavin um, Hendel, Jacob Graves on the line, John Edwards running the ball. Um, I think there's a, a lot of weapons on both sides. Um, Larrison, quarterback for Valley View. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a fun game. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, which tends to be uh, for these. cuna has got a good defense. Um, Valley View does as well. You know, going back and forth on this, I could see either one winning. Like, if if I looked at the score at the end, and I no matter who wins, I'd go, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah. You know, looking at record, momentum, has nothing to do with the fact I live here. I'm a, I'm I'm true blue New Plymouth Pilgrims
2: alumnus, <laughs> so I I have no real dog in the fight here. But I'm gonna pick CUNA over Valley View. Yeah, I think this is one of those games that you know, maybe if if Nampa wasn't as good as they were, this could be one of those. Is this the state championship games? Oh right. And um looking at it you know CUNA, you know winning soundly over pocatello but, but valley view you know 41-0 over skyline mm-hmm. in holt arena i think the falcons are on a roll i think CUNA, um you know they, they put together a fantastic streak but yeah. i don't know if they can withstand the, the onslaught that Liam larrison's about to put on them i'm gonna pick valley view. be true to your school
0: i That's like right. it <laughs> i like it
1: very good
2: all right next up Minico. Versus
0: number two, Blackfoot, Minico coming in 8-2. and two. Blackfoot, 9-1. It's been a, long, a few years since we've seen Blackfoot uh, back anywhere near 9-1, where they, they ruled 4A for, for so many years. Uh, Blackfoot head coach Stan Buck has the Broncos in pretty good shape this season, going 4-6 and six last year and getting bounced in the first round. Um, made, they made it as an at-large team. And Bowen Robinson, he leads things on the ground. Craig Young rules the air for the Broncos. Minico second season, as um, Minico head coach, Keelan McCaffrey, uh, has the Spartans marching really in the right direction. 7-3 yep. and three overall last year, 8-2 and two this year, coming into Friday's game. You know, we have Grayson Harwood um, at center, committed to U of I. Uh, another, you know, uh, y- you went to the U of I, so yes. you should be happy about that. Yes. Multi-threat quarterback, Connor Stocking, Ryland Chandler, two offensive players to watch. Of course, Chandler finished regular season knocking on the door of 2,000 rushing yards and 26 rushing touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad at all. No. Not bad. So coming into this one, it's going to be, at Blackfoot, it's always cold. It's always windy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Minico's in the Magic Valley, where it's also always cold and always windy. Uh, but in the end, I'm going I'm to take uh, the Broncos.
2: Broncos over the Spartans. Blackfoot over Minico. Yeah, you look at last week's game against Sandpoint, and, you know, that game was really won, you know, late. Uh, Bone Robinson, three uh, touchdowns to close out the game. I think, you know, if they can commit to that, that running attack and, and grind out this game to the very end, Blackfoot all the way. All right. Well, Nampa at Bishop Kelly. Nampa 7-3. and three.
0: Bishop Kelly, 7-2. and two. BK lost to Nampa in the season opener, you might remember, 40-20, yes. to 20, and that kind of set everybody back. You know, last year, Nampa was a good team. Yeah. And, and the surprise, it was great to see, and they kind of expected, okay, well, let's, Nampa's going to kind of go back to normal. And then they come out and beat BK by 20. Yeah. They didn't lose again, so they played CUNA on October 11th and got Mercy ruled 48-6. to six. Uh, So BK did well in the middle of, of the season. Um Donnie Estrada, it's just too much for defenses to handle mm-hmm. um, for Nampa. And BK's defense, they really haven't been able to stand up to tough offenses this year. If you look back at their schedule, um, teams that maybe shouldn't have scored a lot. Um, and so coming into it, I'm, I'm looking Nampa over BK again.
2: Something that I, I just could never have seen myself saying
0: uh, yeah. a few years ago, but <laughs> Nampa over BK definitely this year.
2: Yeah, uh, and I go back to what I said earlier about you know teams trending upward and trending downward. I mean, you do look at the, the combined score of these uh, two teams' last games 105 points. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And that, that century Nampa game was just, it was on fire the entire time, yep. just blow for blow. But yeah, I got to agree. You know, Donovan Estrada, dual threat quarterback, he'll torture with his legs, he'll torture with his arms. It's got to be Nampa. All right. Well, there's two
0: classifications down, four to go. We're going to take a break before we come back with the 3As uh, and 2As. You're listening to the Idosports.com prepcast. Presented by Project Filter, we'll be right back.
1: My name is Lisa, and I smoked for 16 years before I finally quit. When I was a smoker, I didn't
0: want to do things that wouldn't allow me to smoke. I never went on a field trip with either one of my children. All the field trips to the zoo, I missed all of that because that little round stick was controlling so much of my life. Now I can do any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. Call one 800 Quit now or visit
1: projectfilter.org.
0: Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter. 5A and 4A in the books. Up next, the 3A classification. This is a good one, Brandon. We got four games that can go either way. First up, Homedale-Fruitland. This one, maybe not so much. <laughs> but Homedale-Fruitland coming in. You know, tied for first is Homedale with Sugar Salem. 9-0. and Fruitland 5-5. and Fruitland coming in off a huge win. Uh, last week in Kimberley, I was there for that one. Uh, they beat the Bulldogs. I believe it was 64, yep. 29 and it really wasn 't that close um, down the stretch uh, it 's been a tough year for the Grizzlies overall. Homedale, other hand led by quarterback Darren Uranga, almost 1800 passing yards. Carson Freelove, over a thousand yards rushing. Nelson Lamelli at, at receiver and kicker, Spencer Fisher, sixty tackles on the year. Uh, there 's a lot of homedale and just not enough fruitland.
2: Yeah, and you know, one of the stats I really like to look at is point differentials when uh-huh. it comes to judging an offense. Uh Homedale 48 points outscoring opponents uh Fruitland in the negatives. Not a good stat. A <laughs> negative differential is never good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. So, coming into it, I think this is um g- going to kind of look like September 27th, Homedale beat Fruitland during the regular season 56 to 6. I think Friday's probably going to be more of the same. I'm actually doing that game. And uh-huh. and so Luckily, I'll be on the Homedale side, and I won't get too many <laughs> sodas thrown in my face. But uh, I am picking Homedale over Fruitland on this one. Yeah, me too. All right, up next, uh, tied for number three, Timberlake, 8-0 and versus mm-hmm. tied for number three, Weezer. So two teams tied for third place, yes. 8-1, and Weezer. This is kind of a prove-it game uh, for, for Timberlake. Not a lot of respect in the polls. They're up north. No one really knows how good a team is when they're up north like yeah. that because of who they play. And so coming in, looking at 8-0, I think people are, you know, at 6-0, and they're like, okay, 7-0, and hmm, all right. And now 8-0 heading into the quarterfinals. You know, you're looking at it going, you know, they beat Weezer, third-place team, you know, number, number three team in the state. They, you know, they, these guys could be for real. Timberlake head coach Roy Alberson he returned a lot of big-time players, and that always helps. You know, Joy Fellini, all-league quarterback. Uh, Louis Powell, all-league running back. Jeremy McLemore, all-league running back. Uh, Josh uh, Yanez, all-league tight end linebacker. I mean, going back to your differentials, averaging 47 points a game, allowing 10, they've got weapons on both sides of the ball.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, you look at Timberlake undefeated, it's it's hard to pick against someone who just hasn't lost mm-hmm. and who doesn't know what, you know, what that looks like. Uh, on the other side, Weezer, you know, also putting together a, tuple, a couple really tough wins. You know, they beat Gooding earlier in yep. the year. I know that you have your own opinions on that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that during the Gooding segment. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think Weezer, yeah, this is one of the games where it's, it's, it's honestly flip a coin for me. Um, I don't, I don't know who to pick, so I'm, I'm just going to go with Weezer just, you know, off of All gut right. instinct. Well, Weezer head coach, Tom Harrison, second season
0: has Brett Spencer, just a sophomore kid, put his team on his back, said, let's go. Uh, that one loss to Homedale 34 to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of says it right there. Homedale's is going to come in, um, you know, and win their game. And I think that Timberlake, Um, over Weezer in this one yeah all right game number three snake river seven and two versus Teton five and four this is one I was really hoping to get uh Alex opinion on he just didn't have time to stick with us you know snake river head coach Jeb Harrison son of Weezer coach Harrison um Teton head coach Brody Birch teams played it was kind of cut and dry this one the teams Mm -hmm. played October 4th at Teton the Redskins won 12 to six um but look, you know, after that, looking at both records, I, I've just got to pick Snake River over Teton. I think.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, like you said, um, Teton lost to to Sugar, who you know, talked out the conference forty two to zero. You know, that's that's not a good, it's not a good way to end your season. And so, yeah, I gotta agree. I think, uh, I think uh, Teton's gonna be a little overmatched in this one.
0: All right, next up, tied for number one, Sugar Salem, as we mentioned, seven and one. Versus number five, Gooding, 8-1. and one. Number five in the state, and you're 8-1. and one. That mm-hmm. just says you're, you're in a really good classification. Yes. So Gooding, head coach Cameron Anderson, good friend of the program. You know, Gooding returned a whole host of all SCIC talent this year. Quarterback Shane Jennings, uh, wide receiver Andrew Prince, O lineman Jaron Conrad. One loss to Weezer, 45-42. I was at that one. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, like I, I mentioned to you, I don't think it was really Weezer beat Gooding. I think Gooding lost... To Weezer, if that makes sense, they, yeah. you know, there were so many self-inflicted injuries between penalties and turnovers and just bad plays. Uh, it was it was interesting to watch that game. Weezer played fantastic. It was mm-hmm. a great atmosphere. Gooding, I think, is the better team, and and I think they've showed that the rest of the season. Um, of course, going up against Sugar Salem, and Sugar Salem, defending state champions, returned at least ten players with postseason honors, including Tanner Harris, the 3A. All-State Player of the Year, you know, what that means is they have a lot of players who know how to win big games. Yeah. And so looking at it, I'm picking Sugar Salem over
2: Gooding. Okay. Quick question for you in that, that Gooding-Weezer game. Yeah. Mental mistakes, do you, that has that has to be the blame for, you know, when you say a team loses rather than wins. hmm um, Do you think Gooding has maybe fixed those mental mistakes down the stretch? Do you think they're going to be a little bit sharper? And-,
0: and, and, you know, that's a really good point, yeah. you know, due to the fact of, head coach Cameron Anderson. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's good. And so getting teams ready, yeah, I agree. And it very well could come down to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of look at, in this game, it's Sugar Salem defending champions. They're really, really good right now. Yeah, Gooding, Yeah, they're really good too. You mm-hmm. got to pick one,
2: and yeah. I'm, I'm going Sugar Salem. I think, like you said earlier, Gooding, tough competition. I think that that... You know, iron sharpens iron. I think Gooding is gonna come out sharper than Sugar in this one, and I'm I'm gonna pick the Senators. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. All right,
0: all right. Well, that takes care of the three A's up next. The classification near and dear to my heart, the two A's. The two A's coming in game one, West Side versus Coal Valley. Yeah. Coal Valley five and four, number three in the state. West Side eight and one. Now, no team has scored more than eight points on West Side since week one. Cole Valley's, Valley's averaging about 36, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the defense led, led by Tays Stegelmeyer, Ryan Beckstead, Ryler uh, Shirtliff, They're going to be key in stopping the Charger
2: offense. Those are some really good defensive players. But, you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, you mentioned one loss for Westside. That one loss came with one point. It was a 7-6 to six loss against Snake River. So, you know, Not one point loss, yeah. away from an undefeated season. On a 3A team that's, yeah. yeah. Well, Cole
0: Valley, very balanced. Fourteen fifty in passing yards, fourteen ninety in rushing yards. So they're gonna they're gonna hit you in the air on the ground. Yeah, um, Charger running back OBG seven hundred and fifty yards on the season, averages about nine yards a carry, eleven touchdowns. He's definitely the guy that uh, the Pirates are gonna key on. Sophomore quarterback Fortin with fourteen hundred and fifty yards, as I mentioned, passing twenty two passing touchdowns. But I think Westside eight and one, uh, you know, Cole Valley five and four, pretty tough um, go of it this season. I'm going to say Westside over Coal Valley.
2: I agree. I think Westside is just going to be too dominant in this one.
0: All right, next Bear Lake at number four in the state, seven and two, going up against the number five team Melba, just down the road from where we're at here in CUNA, coming in seven and two last week versus Firth the Bears. I figured you'd appreciate that as a Bears <laughs> yes, fan. Yes, I do. Uh, the defense showed up to play. They shut out the Cougars fourteen to zero. I was at Holt Arena for that one. Uh, back and forth, back and forth. It was truly a defensive battle. Melba, it's a different team than Firth, though, averaging mm-hmm. over twice as many points a game. The only chink, though, in the Mustangs' armor, Brandon, is they need to score all those points because they give up an average of 25 yeah. to their opponents. So if Melba's defense can cut that average maybe in half, I think Melba will come away with a win. Otherwise, it's the Bears moving out of the semifinals. Um,
2: and so my pick on this is going to be Melba over Bear Lake. I am going to disagree with you. Um, uh-huh. I think the Bear Lake defense, like you said, is just going to be unstoppable. Uh, The Bears have allowed 13 points in the month of October. And I don't think, you know, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than what the Bears are used to in this one with Melba's, you know, hot offense. But I think that in a tough, cold weather game like this, I'm going to have to pick Bear Lake. All right. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes.
0: We (laughs) actually have uh, Will Henneke going and doing that one audio
2: only uh, out
0: to that game. So we'll be able to listen in and see how the game goes. So the next game. Uh, McCall, McCall Donnelly Vandals, number two team in the state. They were number one yeah. for most of the year. I ranked them number one all year long. Uh, it's coach Leslie, remember <laughs> that. Uh, and Declo, six and three, head coach of the Hornets, Josh Stewart now. Um, you know, Josh Stewart took over a, a very storied program there in Declo, built by a longtime head coach, athletic director, Kelly Kidd, played a very tough schedule. Six of the eight teams were three A teams, uh, losing McCabe Shears and Keegan Duncan huge hit um, and allowed the rest of the state to kind of catch up to Mm -hmm. the Hornets, so to speak from the last couple of years. Now, senior quarterback, Pete Knudsen leads the Vandals rushing 714 yards, eight rushing touchdowns, and has passed for over 2000 yards with 32 touchdowns, just five interceptions. The kid can play Noah Ornsby over a thousand receiving yards uh, from Knudsen, 16 touchdowns to go along with 245 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. Now the, the, the key cog for the Vandals are their defense and the defensive duo with tough bench, chase Burton Shaw. They've been lethal for opposing offenses. Burton Shaw transfer from number one, CUNA um, this year. So he went from number one A to number one, two A. leads the team in tackles has nine sacks on the air. He has a couple of block punts thrown in for good measure. So, you know, coming in McCall to me, has it going on on both sides of the ball. Uh, they've been rolling all year long, nine and oh, and I think they're going to be 10 and oh after this weekend.
2: Yeah, I think you know. You look at the the Vandals, undefeated, first time in program history. Low, um they beat Salmon last week, 25 to six, but the game was a lot closer than that. Uh, Deklo's offense, I don't think he's going to be able to keep up in this one. Um, the Hornets only scored twice last week, and it was on a safety, uh, and a, or I ex- excuse me, they scored their first scores of the game were on a safety and a blocked punt, and so I I just don't see the Declo offense being able to keep up with the the fast pace of the Vandals. Right.
0: I agree with that. Okay, the last. Uh, game on the bracket in the two ways number 1 North Fremont they took over the number 1 spot for McCall in the last uh, few weeks of the season 9 to 0 no versus New Plymouth go Grims 5 and 4 <laughs> North Fremont lost to Declo in last year's title game 41-24 they lost Garrett Hawks Garrett Hawks was kind of the uh, the stud athlete there at North Fremont the last couple of years basketball football it was rough for him but head coach Ben Lentz he had enough left over lump in the tank to run the table this year and, uh, and here they are sitting atop the two-way standings. Now, New Plymouth, gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Grims are 5-4 and four over last year. Uh, got bounced in the opening round. Now, uh, they returned a lot of key players. Uh, just wasn't enough in a very competitive two-way WIC this year. Uh, I don't think they have what it takes to beat North Fremont. It's going to be a long drive. It's going to be a cold game. Yeah. And it's going to be an even longer drive home as North Fremont over New Plymouth this Friday.
2: Yeah, and you look at the Huskies last week. They only led 28-12 to 12 at halftime uh, against Aberdeen. You know, boo-hoo, 28-12. Yeah. So uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, with a home game in this one, um, yeah, got to pick the Huskies. All right,
0: 5A and 4A are down. Now we have 3A and 2A in the books. All we have left are the eight-man ranks. We're going to step aside, take a quick breather, and be right back on the idosports.com prepcast presented by Project Filter.
2: This is something that's totally
0: in all of our control, and that's what really motivated me to quit smoking.
1: I quit for myself, but it was a good thing that I did because I had
0: too much to lose.
1: I'm glad that I quit, and I don't ever want to be there again. It's just not worth it.
2: Each year, hundreds of Idahoans quit smoking. Get help or share your quit story.
0: Visit projectfilter.org. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast. Four classifications down, just two to go. We're into the eight-man brand of football of the 2019 Milk Bowl. Paul Kingsbury, Brandon Hill. Going over game by game, let's look at what's up first. Top of the bracket of the 1A D1 division, Lost Rivers versus Clearwater Valley. Lost Rivers, a co-op between Butte County and Mackey this year, number one in the state, 9-0 versus Clearwater Valley up in North Idaho. They are 6-2. This is an – uh, Lost Rivers, it's an eight-man team between the two players – or mm-hmm. two teams, excuse me, returned 13 players. For an eight-man team, that's that's a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, I, I remember watching Salmon River win a championship back when they played at BSU. I think they had 13 on the, on the sideline total. Yeah. Um, and so that includes six with all-conference or all-state honors. Clearwater, they lost two-year MVP, Ty Dominguez, but they brought back a pretty good uh, core group of guys – Tyson Tate, Pefferkorn at quarterback and tight end, Austin Routh on the line, and and Dylan Pickering at running back and linebacker. So a lot of good guys coming back for, um, for Clearwater Valley, but Lost Rivers, they're dominant. They've been dominating all year long. Um, I remember first of the year, everybody, you know, said who, yeah, who's exactly. this new team, and and they came out and and then they, you know, worked their way up in the rankings. and they finished out number one.
2: Yeah, and you got to look at Lost Rivers point differential. You know, forty points outscoring opponents by forty points That's is a lot. You know, I mean, eight-man football, you know, the offenses do like to light it up, but 40 points is a lot, you know, to to put up those numbers week in and week out is pretty impressive. And then you look at, you know, Clearwater Valley. They had a, a roller coaster end of their season. They allowed 62 points against Potlatch. Next week, they shut out Troy. And then they go and they allow 70 points against Prairie. And then they, you know, shut out Kamei in the second half last week. So it's like, you know, which... Which Clearwater Valley are we going to get next week? I don't right, know. <laughs>
0: right, and, and unfortunately, I, I'm not sure that it matters. Yeah. Clearwater Valley, you know, they're on their way up, but Lost Rivers, there's just way too much firepower there on both sides yeah. of the football because most of the time it's the same guys playing on both sides <laughs> exactly. of the football. So my pick is Lost Rivers over Clearwater Valley.
2: I have to agree. Yeah, Lost Rivers is going to be too much to handle for Clearwater Valley.
0: All right, next game up is Wilder coming in at 7-2 and two versus number 5 Potlatch, who are also 7-2. and two. Uh, it's going to be at Wilder. Uh, we're going to have, um, let's see, who's going to be at that game? It's going to be Clay. Clay and Will. Cl- Will Henneke yeah. and Clay Hatfield are going to be at that game. Uh, Wilder, they lost a ton of big-time guys after making a trip to the semifinals a year ago. Um, they brought back Gonzalez, Martinez, Walker, Luna. Very important. But the Wildcat defense, they've struggled uh, to stop teams from scoring, uh, You know, giving up over 25 points a game. And that's been okay yeah. against most opponents this season except idaho city um who beat them by a combined score of 104 to 36 in two meetings this year um but I, you just have to be able to stop good teams yeah exactly
2: and i mean if you look at last week you know wilder beat rimrock but they beat them two to zero Rimrock has one win on the season.
0: Yeah, and Rimrock forfeited, which was a pretty easy win for them.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, what do you do? It's, yeah. it's, 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 the offense hasn't even been out on the field hardly for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah.
0: And, and when you and I talked about this, um, you know, off air, so to speak, is, you know, does that make a difference? Yeah. You know, that, that, that down week.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think I like to go on the side of, of rest makes you better. Um, not every time. I think that there are, are some instances where having momentum coming off a really big win, having that chip on your shoulder, really helps mm-hmm. you coming in the next game. Um, and I think this is one of those times where, yeah, maybe Wilder hasn't been on the field a lot, and I think that's that's going to hurt him. Yeah. Now, Potlatch—they've been putting up over 30 points a game and allowing only 15. Pretty good differential.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ryan Ball in his second season at Potlatch has done a great job. After a four-and-four four season in 2018, coming in seven and two now. Uh, the return of Justin and Jared Nicholson at quarterback, running back um along with a lot of the other senior starters, you know, they got Potlatch to 7 and 2 and one game from the semifinals.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I I have to pick Potlatch in this game. I don't think that there's any way that Wilder can go all the way up there and, and pull out a win. You know, and and I think that this is one of those where um
0: it wouldn't surprise me either way. Um, you know, Potlatch um coming to Wilder. Wilder hosting, yeah, you know, at home and uh but just from the Wilder that I saw against Idaho City, um, you know, they let Idaho Idaho City score and score mm-hmm. and score. And so, you know, coming into it, I'm just going to look and, ins- you know, Kyle Del Solio, the AD and, and coach, love him to death. Yeah. No offense, but I'm going potlatch over a while. To Casey Scheffler, good friend of mine, he's actually, he runs the Kibbe Dome oh, up really? at the University of Idaho. He right, actually on. texted me um, asking if I was coming up um, to do the games up there. Um, Casey is from potlatch um he's had you know family play potlatch and and so uh, yeah he and i'll be he'll be talking about this one so <laughs> um he'll be glad that i picked potlatch over wilder both of us did so up next number two prairie eight and oh versus number four raft river six and three so number two versus number four in the state in the quarterfinals not bad yeah um head coach of prairie ryan hasselstrom and head coach chad evans of raft river both good guys um do a lot of good for their programs not just their teams Prairie prairie beat raft river on September seventh, I was at that one in Middleton at the Eight Man Classic. They beat him fifty-six to twelve. After that, Raft River won their next five games in a row, yeah. losing their last two games to tough teams. Lost Rivers and Oakley. Uh, Prairie just kept winning after that. Doesn't look like they're slowing down. Mm. Uh, Prairie also beat Raft River in the quarterfinals last year. Yeah. Um, so history could be repeating itself. It's hard to beat a team three three times in a row, but Prairie over Raft River anyway.
2: Yeah, Prairie, you know, outscoring opponents 55 points on average throughout the season. I don't see Raptor River pulling the upset here.
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Good team. And and one
0: thing that we were told in the eight-man classic was this isn't the team you're going to see. And they definitely turned it around, had a great season. Um, but I think Prairie is just Prairie. Yep. Mikey that this year. So yeah. fourth game of the 1AD ones, Idaho City that we talked a lot about in the last one. 7-2 yeah. and two versus number three, Oakley, coming in 8-1. and one. Oakley lost the state championship last year to conference rival Valley, 42-40 in a close game. Uh, they came back stacked and ready to play this year. Idaho City head coach Jason Rober, he brought back 16 players. So these 1A teams bringing back so many players yeah. uh, from last year's team, they include all uh, five all-conference players, uh, Drew Powick, Defensive Player of the Year. So you have two high-scoring offenses, two stingy defenses. I think this comes down to whose defense wants it more, mm-hmm. to be cliche. Uh, but toss-up? But I'm, I'm going to say Oakley over Idaho City.
2: Yeah, I think this is probably going to be the, one of the closest matchups in the, in the 1AD1 bracket for this round. Um, but yeah, but I'm going to agree, Oakley all the way. You know, Idaho City, they, they lost Oakley 50 22, but then, you know, they, they haven't lost since then. Um, but yeah, you just look at Oakley and you look at, you know, their loss against Lost Rivers and that really being the only kind of yeah. knock against them. Yeah, I think Oakley's going to come away with this one. It's going to be a fun classification to watch all the way out. So
0: we've got five classifications in the books. Just one left. The 1A Division II, Milk Bowl, the uh, quarterfinals. So first up, Lighthouse versus Dietrich. Two uh, conference, uh, conference rivals. Lighthouse coming in number one team most of the year. Eight and zero versus Dietrich, seven and two. Lighthouse lost the championship last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat Qu- Dietrich in the quarterfinals along the way. So again, this was a quarterfinal game a year ago. Now the Lions are led by you know junior quarterback Colin Holloway. Um, they beat Dietrich this year. On October 11th, 42-26. So I think Lighthouse, you know, the Lions are just too much for the Blue Devils. I, I love Dietrich to death, have a lot of friends there, um, a lot of history with, with Dietrich. Uh, but but this week, I, I just don't see uh, Dietrich coming out with a win.
2: Yeah, I, I think this one also is probably going to be closer than a lot of people think. You know, Dietrich's one loss did come against Lighthouse. And, you know, kind of like uh, the last matchup, they haven't lost ever since either. But, I, yeah, I think history is going to repeat itself. And uh, Lighthouse is going to come away with this one.
0: Now the next one, Mullen St. Regis six and two versus number two Kendrick eight and one. And Kendrick got number one votes almost every week. Yeah, they're another one of those North teams that a lot of the voters that are in the South just don't know about. But Kendrick returned a lot of guys too, uh, ten or eleven guys, two all-league guys. Cooper Hewitt, first-team all-state running back. Uh, Mullen St. Regis. St. Regis is in Montana. Yeah, and so it's a cross-state co-op. And uh, and Mullen, you know, people had a lot of high hopes for Mullen early in the year, mm-hmm. and they came in. Uh, with that Kansas City playoff against Lakeside, had an interception on fourth down. I believe that was last night is when that Kansas City um, playoff happened. And last time Mullen got to the postseason
2: was 2006. Oh, wow.
0: W- what were you doing 13 years ago?
2: 2006, I was uh, finishing up my career in elementary school. Well, there you go. <laughs> It's been a while then.
0: But, you know, taking a look at, at, at that, if Mullen, let's just, uh, you know, get in our DeLorean and go 88 miles an hour. And, and Mullen, St. Regis, let's say they're uh, – undefeated mm-hmm. and, and they win a championship uh, most of their guys i think are from montana so you would have had a lot oh, of montana man. montana guys winning an idaho state championship
2: can you imagine the bedlam that yeah. would happen how
0: about that unfortunately i don't think that's going to happen no i think kendrick <laughs> uh, i think the tigers are going to uh, are, are going to beat mullen and st regis this friday night
2: yeah i think you know mullen with you know so many guys coming out of montana they're kind of an unknown so you, you can't write them off too quickly but, you know, on the flip side, Kendrick, all Idaho guys, we do mm-hmm. know more about them, and right. I think they're going to be more dominant. And I said Friday night they play 1 o'clock on Saturday. Okay, there so, you go. So there you go, just to correct that as people were going,
0: wait a minute, <laughs> wait. So next, uh, another conference game, basically. Number four, Horseshoe Bend, 7-1, and one, versus number five, Garden Valley, 6-3, and three, the Wolverines versus uh, Mustangs. After losing their season opener to Wilder, 20-12, to 12, Horseshoe Bend ran the table. Yep. The rest of the season, including beating Garden Valley, 48-33, at the end of October to end the regular season. Uh, Garden Valley's only loss is pretty impressive. Garden Valley yeah. and to Oakley. So two very good teams of their losses. Uh, they beat Lewis County last week. I think they blanked them 61-0. 60, mm-hmm. um, so Garden Valley's coming in hot. Yeah. Horseshoe Bend has beat them this year. They're ranked higher, have a better record. And really, this is going to be my first pick where I, I picked against the numbers. And okay. I'm, I'm actually going to pick Garden Valley over Horseshoe Bend.
2: Okay. Um, I'm going to pick with the numbers because, uh, <laughs> Austin Fry, I think is a very impressive running back and I just don't yeah. think there's any way the garden Valley can stop him. but you know, you know, credit to garden Valley. They did finish second in the long pin, which is a, a tough conference to very, win. in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, behind the legs of Austin Fry in that offense, there's, there's no way Horseshoe Bend loses this one.
0: All right. Well, here we go. One game left. Murtaugh five and four against number three, carry eight and one carry was ranked number one, uh, for some of the, well, a good portion of the regular season, number two, and they slipped to number three. Mm-hmm. There at the end, uh, somehow they're eight and one. <laughs> the Cary Panthers, of course, back-to-back champions. You yeah. throw that in, in, you know, that in as well. That they're going for the 3 threepeat this year. They beat Lighthouse in the championship last year, 26-20. They bring back, you know, stud athletes Carson Simpson, uh, Brigham Park quarterback Hunter Smith. Um, you know, helped them get back to the quarterfinals this year with a, like I said, a very serious, serious chance to 3 threepeat.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you look at Murtaugh, they nearly lost to Clark Water Springs last week. You know, um, Clark Water Springs, I think, tied the game at 20 in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, you know, they're kind of lucky to be here, but I don't think they're going to advance past uh, past carry.
0: Right. You know, they were able to put 60 points up on carry on October 25th, but they still lost by 20, 80 to 60. Uh, (laughs) 140 points scored in that game. That's a basketball score. Yeah. Yeah. Murtaugh, I think they're going to put up a fight. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think they have enough to get to the semi, so I'm picking Carey over Murtaugh. I have to agree. Well, there you go. There's uh, blow-by-blow picks yeah. of, of the games. All 24 will do the same thing for the semifinals next week. Won't be as long because there's only <laughs> half the teams. Well, let's go over the, uh, the game stream schedule really quick. We'll be doing uh, Gooding versus Sugar Salem tonight, uh, if you hear this in time. On Thursday night, Lauren Jensen, Sagey Wood on the call from Holt Arena, audio only. Clearwater Valley versus Lost Rivers tomorrow. Minico versus Blackfoot New Plymouth North Fremont with video. Raft River Prairie up in the Kibby Dome with video. Um, Audio-only games Bear Lake versus Melba, Eagle versus Rigby, Jerome versus Middleton, Teton versus Snake River, and two more video games, Fruitland at Homedale. And then Saturday, Potlatch at Wilder. Well, that'll do it for us. Yeah. This one's in the books. This has been an IdahoSports.com prep cast presented by our good friends at Project Filter. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode. Thank you.